Transition Awareness Breathing. Feeling grounded for both children and parents is essential for healthy living and learning. Join Eartha Powell on this series for tips and tools for creating a harmonious environment for learning. Transition Awareness Breathing will help you and your child find an individualized path to tackle change, promote lifelong learning, and discover new approaches to calmness. Hi everyone, it's me, Eartha. I have a story or something that happened a few days ago. As I was driving back to my home and uh, drove to the driveway, I saw my family in the garage and they were gathered around the uh, window in the garage. And I was wondering what were they looking at. So I didn't enter the garage because everybody was focused on something. Stopped the car, got out, and they said there was a bird that had flown into the garage. And the, when they said that, I saw the bird, you know, fluttering up and down the glass. And it looked like it was pretty tired. Uh, it stopped a few moments and kind of rested on some artificial flowers that I had had in the garage, or have in the garage. Big white blossoms. And then it fluttered again, and my family was talking to the bird. Come here, come here, little bird. And, you know, I had the sense that the bird felt cornered because it felt like it couldn't fly out towards the open garage until I suggested that they back away. And <clears throat> after a few minutes, and just seemed like the bird went from one window to another window to another window, I, I, I just had the thought as to, here we have a bird and they can navigate all over the skies and yet it couldn't find its way out this big garage door probably because it had fear and it was trying to escape the source of its fear so I taught my daughter I'm going to go around to the window on the other side and so to stay away from the the, the window in the garage. I went around to the outside of the window of the garage. I saw the bird fluttering up and down. It saw me and <laughs> it flew out of the garage. And I wondered how fear can drive us as creatures. Do we do things like that with birds and my still my my question is how can a bird who navigates the skies not find their way out? Welcome to Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Well, today we're going to talk about something I think sometime in our life we all do. And I know that is a very broad and general statement, but I'm going to take my chances and put it out there that sometime in our life, we have all maybe looked forward to something, doing something, a big experience, 
maybe it was like going to a concert or a big event like um, a a wedding or a vacation uh, to some place that you've never been before. Um, and then, you know, when you go and the event is over, you know, you have this feeling it's like, wow, that was really exciting and it, it brought a lot of happiness, but now it's over. <laughs> or maybe uh, it was a big purchase, a major purpose. Maybe it was um, your first house or your first car uh, or getting uh, a graduation, a, a degree or, or, you know, or completing a major project and and you felt like, wow, I'm so happy, I'm so excited. And then when it's over, you look back and, you know, it's just, you were happy, but maybe in your mind, if you honestly revisited that event, you could say it was happy, but maybe it, it kind of fell a little bit short on what you had imagined or you expected. And so that is called impact bias. And most people go through it. I think it's just a part of our processing of of different events. With that impact bias, uh, what happens is they have a, an example. Um, if someone wins the lottery, you know, a lot of people are into, you know, getting one of the, the big lotteries. And, uh, you know, there's this this vision in a person's brain, maybe, or a thought that once I, I win that lottery, I'm going to be so happy and do all these things. However, research has indicated that people usually go back to the way they or their their baseline level of of happiness, and so the money really didn't fulfill that happiness. Although, of course, in our society in our life, we need monetary provisions. However. It doesn't satisfy or it doesn't um, bring us happiness. And I'm not going to talk about, you know, what is happiness because happiness means many things to many people. But I would like to, to visit something as far as impact bias that when our expectation is not met. It's almost like that bird story. Uh, you know, we have this bird, and so I, I researched why can a bird that navigates the sky can't find their way out of a garage? And what the research shows is that usually when birds fly into a garage, there's a purpose. They usually just don't haphazardly just go into your garage or my garage. 
they're usually either they're uh, searching for food, or they want to build a nest, or if there's uh, windows in the garage, they're trying to get to the other side. And so they see the window as a way, you know, if they fly down and go through that window, they can get to the other side. And I can see that when the bird flew into our garage. Uh, you know, I have, as I had mentioned in the story at the beginning, I I have some artificial uh, flowers in there, and I know um, in the in the uh, animation the the flower was yellow because <laughs> I couldn't find any white flowers. But <laughs> anyway, um, I could see how the brightness of the flower in in my garage attracted that that bird. And right next to the flower is a window. And so the bird was fluttering up and down the window. And as my family was there attempting to show compassion to the bird, the bird was getting more confused. It was getting more afraid. And it felt threatened because it went from one window to another window. Then it fell down onto the window ledge and it come back up. And, you know, stepping away from the bird helped the bird calm down. And we really wanted to get the bird out of the garage for many different reasons. And so I, the topic is, you know, is how, how that bird thought that there was something better for it in the garage was the driving force. And... When it found that its expectation was not met, that impact bias, it wanted to it wanted to get out, but it couldn't. And so that was my question. You know, we we go to some big event, we have expectations in our mind, and it that expectation isn't met. You know, we are happy for a second or for a few days on a vacation. And then we get back to our life. And the sometimes what happens is we we go through this is called um hedonic adaptation and this is where we kind of adapt to that new level of it could be a happy event or a or a negative event. We kind of adapt to that level. And so, for example, let's say if the bird was not able to um, to get out, and maybe it was looking for a nesting place, well, the bird would would stay in there and uh, build a nest and have its babies, and you know, it adapted to a new environment. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the hedonic adaptation. And the information I'm going to share is, is from a video I saw by Dr. Lori Santos, um, how we can deal with hedonic adaptation, um, a science of well-being for teens. And so what she mentioned in her, in her video is that we use hedonic adaptation 
for material stuff. We get used to it, and then we don't even pay attention to it. It becomes like wallpaper, you know, at first when you put it up, it's so beautiful. And then after a while, you don't even pay attention to it. That's my example. Her example was like a new car. Uh, you're, you know, we're getting a new car, we're so excited, a new vehicle, and after a while, you know, we don't pay attention to it. Another time is um, when we are happy uh, over new experiences. Uh, we, ha we have an experience of maybe a vacation or going to the movies or... Um, going to a museum or some kind of event and although that event is over a few hours or a few days or maybe a few weeks what it creates are positive memories and so how do we um, maybe get more out of the hedonic adaptation because this is part of of our human life and existence because this hedonic adaptation can also be on the negative side um, you know getting an, an event that causes some kind of negative effect and so uh, you know we adapt into that negative uh, experience a negative lifestyle what well, she gave a few tips is to maybe invest and pay attention to our experiences more than our things. And so when we have experiences to use like maybe pay attention and savor mindfully our experiences and creating positive memories. When we have things, to step back and be aware of what would happen if I didn't have this thing? What would happen if I didn't have this car? And another tip she shared was a negative visualization. So this is kind of like an imagery exercise in that, you know, imagine our cell phones crashed for some reason and we are thinking, you know, the cell phone is, is dead, is crashed, we've lost all our contacts, we've lost all of our resources, and then after a few minutes realize well, your f cell phone is, is perfectly fine. And so it grows a, 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 um, a positive, from, from that negative visualization, it grows a positive appreciation for that thing, which is a cell phone, that, wow, I'm really thankful that, you know, my cell phone is working or my computer is working or my, you know, I'm so happy that, my car is functioning, it's not in the shop. And so it helps us to grow an appreciation for the things that we do have and not so much accumulate more things. Uh, to accumulate 
more things. Again, it, it grows us into a, a hedonic ad- adaptation and we get used to that. H- however, if we become uh, mindful in our experiences and, and create positive memories from those experiences, from our family, from our friends, uh, from our vacations, then we, we don't get so accustomed to, you know, the level of, of happiness, so to speak. Because, you know, once you reach a certain level, you think you need to have go and have more um, toys. You have to have more materialistic things. You have to have bigger vacations. But if we, if we could appreciate just the small things that we have, and what would happen if we didn't have those small things? And so one of the suggestions as far as the going back to the impact bias from the beginning is maybe to be aware of, of faulty forecasting and maybe keeping our expectations a, a little bit more realistic. I think about the bird and, you know, the, the bird is a creature. What that bird experienced was just because it saw that flower, it had to go in a certain area, and then it wound up being a fake flower. And the bird experienced all kinds of anxieties and frustrations and fears. It felt like it was trapped. It felt like its freedom was being taken away from it. But how about if that bird did a mindfulness practice and kind of thought and reflected on the blue skies and to appreciate the freedom it had, maybe it could have avoided getting stuck in the garage. I'm so happy the bird was, you know, got out and flew away and is appreciating now its freedom. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to talking to you again next time. Be sure and pick up a copy of Eartha's new book, Tab Mindfulness, Awareness and Coloring Activities in a Pandemic World. It's not just an ordinary coloring book. It features 23 illustrations to stimulate thought, relaxation, and creativity for anyone between the ages of 4 and 94. Increase your positive self-talk energy. Unlock new creative paths. Transform your time once or twice a week to create beautiful art while strengthening confidence, building positive self-talk, and sensitize self-awareness. Tab Mindfulness, awareness and coloring activities in a pandemic world. It's available now at Amazon.com.